Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. I'm your host, Wayne Moose, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors uh, lose against the Philadelphia 76ers. A, uh, I, w- I wouldn't even say it was a frustrating game. Like I actually wasn't expecting the Raptors to, to win this one. Uh, but, you know, it, it was an interesting game, for sure. And I think the Raptors did give you reason to hope, because um, after what was a very shocking defensive performance in the first half, I mean, just... The Sixers scored 77 points in the first half on 77% shooting. The Raptors gave up 31 in the first quarter. And I thought, okay, you know, it's not great. But, like, some of it was like, okay, Sixers made some shots, whatever. The second quarter, the Raptors only got two stops the entire quarter. Two stops for 46 points. Two stops. Uh, and so, yeah, I thought I saw some stat floating out there that that's, like, Philadelphia's most efficient half Maybe ever, maybe of the season. I, I mean, regardless, does it make any difference? Like that that's just sort of how this game was going, right? So um they needed to come back from that. Their offense was fine. I mean, it's never gonna be like that high octane, especially against the Sixers. You really need to knock down a lot of threes, and we just know that the three point shooting is a weakness of the team. I mean, unless you have uh Gary healthy, you have two guys who are credible threats to shoot. And it's Fred and OG. And you know, I mean, they gave you six threes. That's probably their average on the season. Maybe one below average. But the point is, that like, you know, you just didn't have enough firepower to sort of, uh, you know, you know, uh, do that. And Philly is, I mean, obviously, Embiid's at the rim. He's, you know, deterring shots, changing a couple of shots. They bring some pretty active defenders off the bench. I thought, uh, you know, um, McDaniels, I thought Jalen McDaniels did a great job. Uh, it had some emphatic blocks, including on back-to-back possessions. And, of course, P.J. Tucker is going to try really hard, and Melton is a very solid player. Like, these these guys will guard you, and, and so you're never going to shoot that well inside the arc. You Raptors didn't need to shoot the three better. Um, but, yeah, you know, the Raptors had all, their work cut out for them. I mean, again, like, you give up 77 points. Like, this is just kind of what it is, right? Like, you got to do better on that front. Um, I would say it was a lack of execution. It was a lack of focus. It was a lack of a, a, a lot of things, to be honest. Like, you even thought just the intensity to start the game, like the first within the first like two plays, um, PJ Tucker was left wide open uh, for three. The first one, and this is after the Raptors got off to a good start. I mean, whatever, good start. It's the first play of the game. They they got Yak in the dunker spot for a short floater against Embiid. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Okay, we're up to nothing. Let, let's see how the Raptors respond on defense. As after a made bucket, they were just coming back on defense. Fred and Scotty both go to the same man twice leaving one man open each time, and then P.J. Tucker gets a wide-open corner three, and he knocks it down. And listen, P.J. Tucker doesn't even want to shoot, man. P.J. Tucker wants to score zero points and contribute. And and he honestly, the Sixers are probably better when he does that, right? But if you leave a man wide open like that, like, especially at the start of the game with, with no fitness, like, endurance issues, like, you're not tired. Like, that can't be how you start the, the possession. But it's like, okay, fine. You have one miscommunication. Although it was comical seeing both guys go to the wrong guy twice. Like, stop going with each other, talk to each other, split up, and pick up your man, right? I don't even care who you pick up necessarily. Just pick up. And then the next play, P.J. Tucker's left wide open in the corner then once again. And he knocks it down once again. So, of course, that defensive intensity was was poor. But also, it was just like communication, organization, cohesiveness. All of it was just pretty bad. Um, And I I think what made this game feel a little bit worse, too, it's like, Yes, Embiid, you know, was able to put up his points and he scored 25 points still. I mean, but he picked up two early fouls, you know, um, 
you know, he he uh, he, he fouled Yak under the basket for his first one early on. Then the Raptors kept going at him. And then it was actually on offense where he uh, drove, stuck his, you know, gave a chicken wing to, to Yak's neck slash like chin. And they called an offensive foul on that. And of course, pass, uh, Joel was very frustrated with the, with the call somehow. I mean, I, I just don't understand. You, you elbowed someone in the head and then you complain about the foul call on you. Like, I mean, whatever. I, I, I suppose this is kind of is what it is, right? Um, then Doc takes a tech on his behalf and he's complaining. Even after the, the play is over, he's still complaining. I was like, okay, man, he's, he's close to getting tossed here. But um, I was like, okay, well, hey, listen. Yeah, the defense wasn't super organized, but Joel is going to be sitting for a little bit here. As he cools off, as he obviously he's got two fouls on him, what can the Raptors do with this? And they, they did nothing. Like the Sixers bench actually was the one that was able to overrun the Raptors, and I, there was just not a lot of positive contributions off the bench. Um, I wouldn't say it was like all their fault, really. Um, I, I think it was sort of a combination of things. The Raptors really just didn't get set um, defensively. They also had some really poor offensive possessions. I think there's something interesting where Philly is able to bring in like a lot of length and a lot of quickness off the bench and they play an entirely different style. It's, it's hard and running the show. They're playing up, you know, up tempo. You compare that to like much more half court with Joel in the middle and then much more sort of contained defense with the first group. Like it's just a very different style, right? So the second unit comes in, you know, they did a great job of sort of showing zone against Toronto's players. The Raptors had trouble organizing their offense. Um, you know, uh, the Raptors just weren't able to really get good looks off um, on the couple first couple of possessions that allowed the Sixers to get going the other way. Raptors also were like, I mean, especially in that group, it's not a surprise, I guess. But the Raptors were really hard trapping James Harden. And look, James had a you know had some moments stretch, uh, you know, scoring for sure. But I think at this point in his career, it's pretty clear. And he was even clear last year in the playoffs. Like, he wants to assist more than he wants to score. Like, yes, he can step back for three. Yes, he can still drive to the basket, you know, and all that. And he did all both of those things today. So I'm not saying that, like, you just let James Harden score. But, like, the Raptors are hard doubling James Harden on the logo again. And it's like, well, he likes that. He actually would prefer to do that, swing, kick the ball out, and, and let the rest of the team make a play a four on three. Like, no matter how bad you think the rest of the team is or how good you think James Harden is, four on three is four on three. Like, if guys can move around, if guys can cut, if guys can get to the offensive glass, like, lots of times that they're just going to score, right? So, whatever. The Raptors weren't really able to execute. Some of it was also just bad, you know, play from your from your leader guys. Like, I mean, look, Pascal's defense has, has been um, pretty evident in terms of just, like, it's it's not there. But, like, you had him being back cut for an and one at the rim, and then you had him getting back cut in transition for an and one at the rim. And so it's like... Okay, stuff like that like really does not help whatsoever. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, on the other hand, like Pascal was creating for the group. I mean, like he was the organizer. Like he had, um, you know, he drove, got into a good position. Precious ducked in. You know, high low pass to Precious. Precious able to finish a dunk. Right. Uh, then they have a play where Pascal spun in the post. Uh, the double team came, but it came late. He was able to finish the layup. Still makes it. Then Pascal with a turnaround jumper. Uh, this is after Precious like really, really bricked a, th- a wide open three, like to the point where even Matt Devlin and and and, and Alvin Williams, who are usually very you know judicious with sort of how they uh, they uh, would assess these type of plays, um, even you know Matt was like whoa, and Alvin was like hey man listen, hey, I think he used the word brick house which was which was tough, um, but it, it, the play was salvaged because Pascal's able to get the rebound and hit a turnaround jumper. So, like, he was doing stuff offensively, but I feel like it, that gets, like, um, 
you know that I feel like that gets negated when you're you're sort of giving up that many chances on defense, and and it's it, it's it's tough, you know. Like um, you also had plays that again, like you probably see every single game. Like Chris uh, Chris Boucher was completely lost in rotation, never got to his man. Pascal had to close out late to Milton coming off of his man, and Milton was open for the three, he knocks it down. Like stuff like that is just like, you know, clearly you've let the you've opened the door, and Philadelphia just like. I mean, credit to them. They were just making plays. At a certain point, they were just making, like, ridiculous shots, too. Harden was making some, you know, really wild threes. But Harden and Embiid were cutting, you know, combining on the pick and roll. And, you know, they were getting on the fast break. And, and you know, uh, it, it was dunks for them on the fast break. Uh, you know, there was pull-up threes from Harden, pretty contested after Fred missed two pretty open threes. Um, then Harden with a wild pull-up three trying to draw a foul against Fred. And he somehow knocks it down anyway. Um and yeah, and yeah, it just it just just wasn't enough. Like the the Sixers literally scored all the time. Maxi, honestly, I don't think Maxi was that big of an issue. Like this is probably as good as Raptors have guarded Maxi in in recent meetings. And he played thirty seven minutes. He only got eight shots off, and he had thirteen points still. But like, I mean, I thought first quarter it was like okay, he was hitting some pull up threes. But like, I mean, what can you really do? Like if a guy wants to pull up three and they're they're contested at the top of the key and they're not even at the or they're, not, they're top of the floor and they're not even like close to the three point line, like it happens. But you know, only occasionally do you see him get to what is most dangerous at, which is getting downhill. And and for a guard, he's very good at the floater, as we've seen over and over again. And also getting to the rim as well. He's very quick, but he doesn't have to get all the way to the rim. He has a little floater too. So you, you got a couple of those going. But I mean, like it wasn't like the Raptors were getting carved apart by Maxi. Like again, if you told me Maxi's gonna have 13 points, I'd be pretty thrilled. Like this guy's had like 30, 40 balls against the Raptors. So 13 is completely fine. But yeah, it's just their defense just wasn't there though, and, and and it's just I don't know, man. It's disappointing. Um, now it was okay. So the response is like, how do you come out of halftime, right? And and the Raptors actually did a really good job. Like first off, you know, I think they um, they uh, showed a lot more zone looks against the Sixers. I think they did a much better job of sort of containing. It helped that the Sixers also went pretty cold from three. Like the Sixers got some wide open threes in the second half. And guys weren't really knocking them down. I mean, they started knocking them down late, which kind of really hurts. But that's those guys missing wide open threes, sometimes even from the corner, sometimes from the top. But ultimately, guys missing threes, like, and also great defensive effort too by the Raptors. I'm not trying to discount that. Um, that allowed the Raptors to get back into the game a little bit. Like the Raptors uh, opened with a, uh, a 12 nothing run to start the uh, third quarter, which cut it from a 20 point deficit to an eight point deficit. You know, you had immediately Scotty. Uh, steals a pass, um, you know, uh, where MB's trying to post. And I think Scotty was fronting and Scotty was able to pick off the pass. To be honest, it's just a bad pass, but still good effort there. Um, then you got Fred driving and kicking to OG for three. Then you got Scotty hitting a turnaround j- a jumper. Scotty's been excellent, by the way. He's finished the season very strong. And it's been beautiful to see again. Like, man, is, is he, that's that's what's really exciting about the future of this team is, is, is watching Scotty Barnes and especially some of the steps that he's taken lately. And I'll, I'll, get, I'll get into those more in depth, but... That 12-0 run, man. Scotty with another steal. Again, again, another situation where the there was a bad pass. I think Embiid maybe fumbled it or Harden maybe fumbled it. But ultimately, because Scotty's there with the ball pressure, he's able to pick up the loose ball, go down the, the length of the floor and do a 360 dunk. Um, you know, then you got um, you know, OG um coming in and and, and rotating over against Embiid, uh, forcing him into a turnover, and then OG taking the length of the floor, getting fouled uh in transition. Then you got OG Anobi, um, drive uh, attacking a closeout then stop then pivot then turn then then pull up for a mid-range jumper very in control um 
definitely an improvement over sort of the start of the season when he was like turning it over a lot on his drives. I thought that was much of a, you know, I mean, look, listen, no one necessarily wants that many mid-range jumpers. However, you make the read that's there, you make the play that's there. And I think that OG didn't force the issue there, actually went to the very smart play of being able to stop on a dime and then turn around. You know, that that that's really promising to me, right? So, you know, he was able to do that and the Raptors were able to make that run. And it's like, okay, now we're going to game. Now can the Raptors get over the top? And that's where the Raptors just couldn't fully make it. They, they just couldn't fully make it. Like guys sort of took turns, you know, uh, creating offense for the team. Um, I thought, you know, obviously Scotty had uh, the, the the team lead in terms of the shot attempts with 19. I thought he was super aggressive hunting for his shots. I mean, his energy level was phenomenal throughout. Um, seven ass- uh, offensive rebounds tonight, uh, which was excellent. Four steals as well, but it's just he was on the glass. He was getting putbacks. He was he had a putback where he kind of did like a three sixty putback. It was it was kind of really impressive where he got the rebound with his back facing the basket, but he was able to instantly like turn and just like pivot and throw it out. I don't know. It, he was just doing a great job. He was also hunting for the mid range jumpers, which he's been doing a lot recently, um, which is great. I, I love to see the intent from Scotty. I think he has the touch for those. He he nailed a decent number of those last year, but you know there's a lot of discussion about shot spectrums, and I'm I'm not I wouldn't be surprised if sort of that was a specific instruction was to like stop doing that or go away from it or deprioritize it. But listen, I, I don't want anything to cut away from Scotty's aggressiveness. I actually really like seeing him, you know, take these jumpers where. Yeah, he's got a smaller guy on him, and not every single time he's going to get into the paint. Not every single time he's going to have a, a chance to get into the paint, considering typically, like especially with Jakob out there, someone's going to be sitting at the rim. Like Embiid, for example, was sitting in the paint a lot of the game, and even though he only had one block, uh, he had a lot of shots where he changed just by sort of being in the lane all the time. So you're not always going to be able to get into the, the, the paint, but how does that you know change your aggressiveness? Well, Scotty was able to shoot those mid-range jumpers, a little short turnaround jumpers. We've seen those a lot recently, and I'm really enjoying it. I think it's really allowed him to sort of play more free overall, and I think it's also allowed him to really impact with his scoring. Because, look, listen, it's not like the rest of the team is, like, that good at scoring. Yeah, I, I, I like seeing Scotty do that, and I, I've been a big fan of sort of seeing his approach recently there. You know, I thought Yak was 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 decent as well in some of those stretches, you know, finishing floaters around the basket, getting offensive rebounds. You know, again, Embiid was sort of playing off of him. So the dump off pass to Yak was was there a lot of the times. It's when the Raptors drove, Yak was sort of there. And so when they got it to him, he had good touch. He finished a decent number of those, rolled to the basket a couple of times. And, and really, the Raptors got it decently close, right? Like, and, um, you know, they, they cut it down to seven, right? Scotty got an offensive rebound after... Uh, the Raptors missed a shot that was fairly open. Scotty hustled to get the offensive rebound, kicked out to Pascal, who reversed it back to Fred for a three. That cut it down to seven. Um, and then, yeah, then unfortunately you had a, a really, really bad run there where um, first off, Maxi got a uh, runner in the lane. It was a defensive breakdown. Again, guys didn't communicate well. Maxi got free, and of course, he's just money on that little push shot, right? Um, so he, he turns that into a nine-point game. Then Fred comes back and then drives and tries to like split a pick and roll or, or, or try to get downhill off a high screen, but the defense was up on him. And ultimately, he dribbled into a crowd and turned it over. And it's a live ball turnover with uh, most of the, your, your scores like, or most of your players like on the, along the baseline to try to space out. And so it's a really, really long recovery going back. And the Raptors were able to scramble. They ultimately got a good contest against uh, Maxi, who was open for three after all of that. But Yak kind of overdid it and sort of like ran him over. Maxi also hit the shot anyway, despite being fouled and also just a really good contest in general. And so that made it a four-point play. So Maxi, even though he didn't like have the greatest game, when the Raptors cut it down to seven and had all the momentum, this guy goes on a personal 
you know, six nothing run there in the span of two plays to push the lead back up. And the Raptors were able to try to push, try to push, try to push, but they just never fully was there. You know, like Pascal and Fred, you know, got connected for a little play. Then Pascal drove and got it to Yak for floater. Then Pascal pushed in transition, got a foul. Then Pascal attacked in the post against Niang in the bonus, you know, draws a foul, goes to the foul line. Look, those were good. Those were good. Um, you know, but the Raptors just, you know, fully weren't able to sort of make enough plays on offense, nor like string together enough plays on defense to fully make the comeback. But ultimately, it was good. Like the third quarter was was strong, and, and the Raptors um, were even though they were down thirteen at the end of it. Like I, I still think that I, I liked a lot of it. You know, the Raptors really attacking Niang. You know, Fred drew, drew a foul on Niang after you know Pascal drew a foul on Niang. Then Scotty scores a a, a bank shot, t- driving it right through Niang's chest. You know, a lot all that stuff was good. You know, Fred to Pascal, to Fred, to OG, to Boucher for a three, which was really nice to see. Some really good ball movement, which started with the Fred and Pascal two-man game. But um, Sixers tried to deny the ball back to Fred. So Fred cut, you know, through the lane and Pascal found him. And then Fred kicked it to OG to Boucher with a quick swing. Like, it was probably some of the best ball movement on the game in general in terms of how quick all the passes were being made and so little hesitation. But ultimately, you know, they weren't really able to sort of fully uh, get over the top. And then you get to the fourth quarter, and, and listen, they're still fighting, man. And I thought Fred actually did a great job of sort of leading the fourth quarter effort. Um, you know, a, another play where he drove it and kicked it to OG in the corner for a three. Then Fred, you know, pressured Harden um, at the point of attack and got Fred the Harden to travel. Um, and then, yeah, Scotty with the fadeaway jumper over Harden. That cut it to eight points. You know, Fred with a uh, lob to Christian Coloco. Uh, he was able to finish that. That cut it to six points. And then the Raptors kind of hanging in there, hanging in there a little bit. Um, and then Fred with a just random play where he just kind of pulled up for three. I guess maybe the whole play was just not developing. He pulled up for three. That cut it to two points. And I was like, okay, wow, the Raptors are really in this. This will be really impressive if they pulled this off. And this is where, unfortunately, Fred commits three offensive or three turnovers in the next three plays. And, you know, it was a play where, one, he had a moving screen, trying to screen for Pascal. To be honest, that's, I would say, a 50-50. Like, you know, Fred obviously could have set the screen and, and been set. Uh, but Pascal also, uh, as Alvin pointed out on the broadcast, went a little bit too early, and so that didn't allow Fred to get set in the first place. So that was sort of just mistiming on the two of the, uh, on the, by the two of them. Then you had another play where Fred drove uh, again. The play kind of broke down. The Raptors weren't able to get the advantages. The Sixers did a great job defensively, and so it ended up with Fred trying to attack Maxi late shot clock, where he just had to make something happen. Uh, couldn't get the separation from Maxi. Maxi was quick. He was able to sort of stay in front. Fred ended up pushing off on Maxi, and then Maxi, you know. I wouldn't say he sold it, but like he highlighted the the momentum shift of the play well to the officials, and uh, you know that was a you know push off. I mean, again, that's a good call actually by the Sixers, or by the by the officials. Sorry, um, and then yeah, on the meantime, the next play down, Harden drives, uh, and you know Yak helps out of the corner, and uh, you know Harden finds PJ Tucker for a corner three. That was tough. Then Fred comes back down, and he's just trying to set the play up and try to feed the post, but he ends up turning it over. Um, the Sixers were kind of pressuring the pass, and so they were able to get the hand in the lane. I mean, there's no excuse for that. Like, really, you got to just focus better and be able to complete that play, especially when you're the leading point guard. Um, and then the, go- the Sixers go the other way, and Harden ends up um, in a late shot clock scenario where he's one-on-one against OG, which is probably as best as you can do. But uh, Harden crosses over. OG and then gets a layup to, to fall and, and he's screaming. And of course that pushed the lead um, to a point where it was like, 
either nine points or double digits, but essentially that that killed it. Like the Raptors were up only down two. And then the Sixers sort of took over. And again, those three turnovers by Fred were just super costly. I think lost in that time was just like, I didn't really feel like Pascal had that ability to sort of imprint himself onto the game. Maybe it wasn't necessarily there for him to do it. Uh, and of course, I did describe lots of plays where he was able to set guys up. But I think on the overall, it's like when you looked at it, and, and Pascal took some really, really tough shots down the stretch there. Where One where he was trying to bait for a foul call. The foul call didn't come. I mean, listen, the last play, MB tried to bait for a foul call, and the foul didn't come. So, like, how are you going to expect to get the call when Embiid on his home floor is not going to get the call, right? So that's just poor recognition. And they had another mid-range pull-up that he just, like, rimmed out. Like, pa- at the end of the day, I'm looking at the box score, and it's like F- Pascal, 5 of 15 from the field, and Fred, 5 of 17. And again, both these guys did positives to contribute towards the game. And I thought Fred, you know, I think he had a better defensive game than Pascal, that's for sure. Um, but ultimately, like, they just didn't give you enough. And I, I'm look, I, you know, this is not my MO. Like, I'm not really trying to say, like, we lost the game because of this. It's it's a it's a it's a it's a bigger thing for sure. Like it's it's a team game, obviously. But like I think on the basic level, you do have to say like the Raptors two top two initiators in terms of who had the ball, who was trying to attack was Pascal and Fred. Meanwhile, the Sixers had you know um, James Harden and Joel Embiid. And obviously, I know that Joel Embiid and James Harden are way more accomplished players than Fred and Pascal, right? Like there's just no doubt, and they have more like you know especially ability to create offense. But it's just very different. Like, Harden went 9 of 14. And some of those were really great, you know, um, bits of defense. But he still made those shots, right? Meanwhile, the Raptors weren't able to necessarily capitalize on some of their open looks. And, you know, Embiid, even though the Raptors did a great job of denying him the ball, in the second half, the Raptors switched OG onto Embiid. And I think that really... um, And they also sort of showed a lot more zones and stuff like that. Like, I thought they did a great job of sort of making Embiid pass a little bit more, but also be a little bit more confused. Again, Embiid had five turnovers and only one assist, too. I think that's one of the key differences with uh, Embiid and, and, and Jokic, for example. Obviously, Embiid is like way better, of, not even way better, but he, he's definitely more like uh, of a scorer and, and definitely able to get his shot off more often. And he's kind of hard to deny. And he's once he gets going, like you literally can't stop him. But the Raptors very rarely doubled Jokic like that because of the fact that you know Jokic will pick you apart with the passing. He's much more crisp with it. Um, with Embiid, when they hard trapped Embiid, Embiid will hold on to it just a little bit longer, and he'll throw the passes out. And some of them, even though we have five turnovers, there's some passes like late in the game. He he like passed out to Harden just at the top of the reset, and he kind of whipped the ball at Harden and was kind of over him. And Harden had to really jump and corral the pass. It's like stuff like that where it's just like okay, you know, there is that good idea to sort of like double Embiid and, and sort of like show him that sort of pressure. But I think ultimately the Raptors just didn't do a good enough job of containing the rest of it. And whether you want to say that's just Harden played really well or Harden really was able to, you know, just, I mean, look, this is not that far removed from what Harden's averaging on the season in terms of 23 points and 11 assists. But like ultimately the Raptors just weren't able to generate enough offense through their main guys. And maybe overall, like you say, like, yeah, you you might be able to run it through other guys, right? And, and you know, based on this game, I, I like seeing Scotty pick his moments. I like seeing OG pick his moments. You know, Yak, I mean, he, mostly he's, he's going to finish off other guys. But, like, those are the other two guys you could shift to. I mean, you know, I, 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 I'm welcoming that right now. Like, especially in this current moment, time in the moment, uh, of the season, like, I want to see more of all these guys involved. And, you know, last game, for example, Pascal, OG, and Scotty all played amazing. They played, the, they played together. They passed the ball uh, a lot. And it's it's kind of the same deal tonight, right? Like Pascal with seven assists, OG with three, uh, Scotty with eight. I think especially with uh, OG uh, with three and Scotty with eight, like that's indicative of the fact that they are having the ball more and they are creating more. But I think ultimately it's like, you know, no matter who it is, I don't really necessarily care who it is. Like it's not really up to, it's not, again, it's not really my interest to like, uh, 
um, see the offense go one way or the other in terms of who it runs through. I just want to see somebody consistently create advantages. And what I saw for the Sixers is outside of the Raptors really showing hard double teams against Harden and Embiid, those guys consistently created double teams or advantages. And even them drawing double teams is an advantage. Now, of course, they combined for 11 turnovers. And that obviously is sort of like the purpose of the Raptors defense. But, you know, ultimately, like they created opportunities, right? Like late in the game, it wasn't necessarily like Harden and Embiid, like killing you with, with, with tough shots. It was like Harden driving and kicking the Tucker in the corner for threes. Or it's like, you know, um, th- that types of sequences. And, of course, like when Embiid got the ball in single coverage and the Raptors weren't converging quickly enough, he did take advantage. Like it, it, you just don't really see a lot of plays where you leave him open and he's open and, and he misses it, right? So you got to credit to them. And obviously I know, again, these guys are way better uh, offensive players than Pascal and Fred. Like there's just no comparison. But at the same time, like that's where the shortcomings are. In addition to the fact that the Raptors are just so bad defensively. And so, I mean, like, however you want to really dice it up, I mean, you know, again, it's 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 that point in the season where, and it's been this way all season, where all the conversations about the Raptors are sort of about that. And I, I don't know. I, I guess I don't really want to contribute a finger pointing. I'm not really trying to point a finger. I'm just trying to tell you what happened in the game. But, um, you know, that, that was the difference. And, and look, listen, the Raptors made it a game, so that's good. They switched up the defense, which is good. But also, like, where was... Like, did they not open the game with the right defensive approach then? And also, like, why did the game get out of hand? And, you know, where was the defensive effort? I mean, like, there were some plays where the Raptors would get in a layup and then go, and then the, the Sixers would break the other way for a dunk. Like, how? how? Right? So, stuff like that. Guys not picking up from the start. Obviously, the two open PJ threes at the start of the game. Again, go watch them. Like, it's kind of funny, man. Um, You know, the, I don't know. I mean, again, I wasn't expecting this win. So, it is what it is. But at the same time, like, um, you did see the Raptors give a good effort and they tried to scratch back into it and it just wasn't enough. So, you know, uh, that was the game. Um, I, th- I think there's definitely more details to cover, but to be honest, like this whole thing, I just tonight watching the game was this weird viewing experience because, uh, before the game and listen, I- I'm trying to track down the entire video. Like I really want to know everything, like who asked the question, what was the conversation leading up to it? Cause I want to know the whole context, right? But for now, I'll just relay you some of the quotes, which I'm sure are already out there. I've seen it picked up by every news outlet, which, by the way, why would you not pick up an outlet, uh, these quotes from Nick Nurse, who said before the game, and again, this is pregame in Philadelphia, right? He had just obviously done practice in Toronto. He had done post games in Toronto, pregames in Toronto, all that kind of stuff. Didn't say anything, right, in the last couple of weeks. First day back in the USA uh, on the road trip and pregame. And again, this is probably in response to the fact that his name's been out there. There's been rumors, right? The Houston thing we covered on the show. Uh, although I wasn't really able to say all that I really wanted to say. Um, and, and I was like able, I meant like I, I chose not to say that myself because I want to vet all the reporting that I'm hearing. But like at the same time, the quotes that I'm, uh, that, that, that I saw and, and just watching the pregame and, and watching him say it too, it, it just, uh, I don't know. Um, so it's, this is the, this is what he said. First off, this is what he said. If you haven't seen it already, go read it. It's on ESPN. You know, uh, Tim Bontemps wrote about it, for example. Um, you can see the clip everywhere. I, I actually recommend people see the clip, but this is what Nick said. Um, first of all, I think when this season gets done, we'll evaluate everything. And even personally, I'm going to take a few weeks to see where I'm at. You know, like you said, where my head's at and just see how the relationship with the organization is and everything. It's been 10 years for me now, which is a pretty good run. I don't know. Over those 10 years, we got to be up there in the number of wins with anybody in the league. I don't even know where that is, but we've had a lot of big seasons. 
And then right now, my head is to make this as long of a season as possible. This team needs playoff experience, so that's where I'm at right now. Finish these six, see where we land, see if we can't creep up a spot or two in the standings, and then give them hell in the playoffs, see if we can get a real series and take it from there, right? And by the way, that's not too dissimilar from, you know, this like running... I mean, it's not even a joke. It's just sort of a reference on the show where we talked about how Nick was talking about like, hey, man, we want to get into the playoffs and be a hard out. And I've just never seen a, you know, I mean, I, I, I suppose that is absolutely the right ceiling, but I don't know, man. I, I, again, if you're the players in the in the room and you're trying to play really hard and, and whatever, you could be self-motivated all you want. And these guys are adults. These guys are professionals and millionaires, like all that kind of stuff, blah, blah, blah. But ultimately, like the job of the coach is to like, you know, inspire you and i'm not saying not lie to you but like you know what i'm talking about you don't have to present it in this way so a hard out so this isn't similar to that and then when asked to continue about a uh, follow-up on question right um uh, you know and asked if you know that meant nick had considered his future being somewhere else other than toronto after this season uh nick said this no i'm concerned on this job for sure and this game essentially but i think 10 years is a good time to sit back and reflect a little bit so i think we're all going to do that uh, all when the season ends. Now, again, to me, I'm just like, I get it, right? Your name's out there. You know, the season hasn't gone the way it is. I'm sure, you know, there's been unhappiness with everything. But we're talking about two weeks before the playoffs. We're talking about you had just come off a really nice win against Miami. You have just come off of two off days as well, including one practice. Um, we're talking about, uh, you know, a situation where you're going in, and this is pregame against the Sixers who you have just lost to in the playoffs, but you have played them tight in games this season. You beat them once. You've lost them once in overtime. You know, there's, there, there's, 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 obviously you need every game here. Um, and, you know, it, it should be about that game. And I'm not saying that, like, Nick can't be sad or can't be reflective or can't be honest and then prepare this game. But I just didn't think that this was the right time and space for this, right? Again, like, this is your head coach. This is not just like a, a, a guy is just being honest about something. Like, this is your head coach. There's a, there's a salesmanship to this position, which I'm sure Nick knows about. He's definitely a good salesman. Um, there is an image presenting of the situation. And yes, the, the rumors are out there. And I can only imagine how awkward it is to sort of hear your name out there. Or maybe you feel how unfair it is that, hey, man, I haven't been able to, you know, do a great, like, this, this roster isn't, like, perfect. And it's 500. You know, like, it's not my fault. I don't want to be the scapegoat. Like, you know, I, I understand all that. But on the basic level, you're coming into this game. It should be about this game. And that's not to say you can't answer game questions pregame about anything else. But, like, why now? Why in this way? Why not say no comment? Even no comment is 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 better than saying what this is ultimately. And that's not just me being... Maybe this... Honestly... I would love to hear the feedback. Am I being too sensitive about this, right? Are you guys cool with hearing Nick Nurse being like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be here, man. You know, it is what it is. 10 years is a good run. Right before you take on the Sixers. Like, but to me, that's not the time and place for that. And to be honest, like, it's not about keeping up appearances, but like, what are we doing here? Was that for the betterment of the Raptors tonight or was that for Nick Nurse? And if, if, that's, if that's for Nick Nurse... I'm sorry, but there's still a game to be played. There's still like actual things that you really want to, you know, you know, accomplish in terms of winning a game. I mean, I'm not saying like you're going to win a championship this year. I'm not even saying you're going to win a first round game series this year. I'm not even saying you're going to get out of the play in this year. But why are we talking about this right now? And why are we saying it openly? 
I mean, at minimum, go to a source or something. Like, like again, I, I just ask, was, was after hearing these quotes, was this the, for the betterment of the team to win the game tonight or to win games moving forward, or was this for the betterment of Nick? Because, again, these guys are media trained. Nick's gone, probably done thousands of interviews, well, hundreds of interviews at all levels. These guys know what they're saying. They, these guys know how they come across. I don't know. I mean, th- that's not what I would want to be talking about. Like, pregame, this is not what I want to be hearing. And listen, the players got to play for themselves. Or, or, like, the players are ultimately responsible for the, the play on the court. Like, I'm not saying that, oh, the Raptors play poorly because Nick, you know, was was open in the, in the pregame. But, like, again, you you guys tell me. May, does my personal thing is this did not rub, rub me the right way. And I'm just thinking about it, like, was this for the betterment of the Raptors? Did this improve the situation for the Raptors today or tomorrow? I mean, listen, who knows? Maybe, maybe <laughs> kind of have to bite my tongue on this one. I, I really, really need to do more digging on this. But what I'm hearing right now, it's <sighs> don't like this. Is I, I just I I I wasn't personally a fan, but maybe maybe people can be uh, agree to disagree. Anyway. Uh, your three stars from tonight's performance, because the game itself was actually pretty interesting. Um, and I didn't think Nick did a bad job with the game either, by the way. I thought he, you know, um, have managed to avoid a tech, which in a game involving Harden and Embiid, of course, you can definitely get into it with officiating. Uh, and he, you know, made some defensive adjustments and, you know, those were effective in the second half. Philly only scored 40 points in the second half after they scored 46 in the second quarter. So, you know, not saying that this was on him. I, I'm Whatever, honestly, I don't want to say any more about this subject. Uh, your three stars from tonight's performance. First star is going to go to Scotty Barnes. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the plays didn't all run through Scotty, but he had uh, his share. He had um, chances where he attacked. I like that he took those. I like that he attacked the basket and he showed no fear. Uh, I like that he pushed it in transition. I liked how often he got it off the offensive rebounds. I like how much pressure he put on the basket. Liked all of it. And I, I liked his defense too. So, yeah, man, great, great performance from him. Second star, I'm going to give it to OG. And the reason I'm giving it to OG here is it's not like he had a standout game in terms of the box score. Like 17 points, three rebounds, three assists, a steal, a block, six of 12 shooting, uh, 30, uh, a three of eight from three in 41 minutes. Like that's pretty much a season averages, if not slightly below those. But I'm talking about the defensive effort in the second half. Not only was he rotating and guarding and beat a lot more in the second half, but like there were plays where it's like, so the ball's in the post, and the post player is clearly trying to get the ball back out to the perimeter. And OG's denying the pass to uh, the guard at the top. First at the top of the floor, then the guard cuts back, then OG cuts him off, cuts back, you know, tries to get the ball, tries to get an angle. OG's just denying him the entire way. I don't even know if he can see the person with the ball trying to feed the pass. He's just, like, shading with them side by side. It was amazing. The guy ultimately cuts down the middle of the floor, which is what you should be doing. Most times on when you're getting denied that hard and he catches the pass, but Scotty rotates over off of the corner to pick up um, the cutter. And so OG's responsibility then is to make a super long closeout to the corner and run him off the line or at least contest that shot. And OG sprints out there after having already denied the ball like this, closes out to the corner and, and makes it a hard shot for, for Daniel House, who takes the shot anyway. Now, he, he gets the three off, but he misses it. 
and he gets but the rebound comes right back to him and og had x'd out and he jumped out so like he wasn't necessarily in position to box out the rebound uh, to the, sh- the shot uh, the, the shooter in this situation this happens a fair number of times um just in general with when you leave for, when your feet for closeouts um however og was right back into the play somehow ended up on the floor i don't know how but somehow he's like on the floor and he's behind house and he managed to like dig out the ball from underneath him and collect the steal and push the raptors out going the other way like that type of defensive effort deny the ball close out in the corner with the long rotation and then scrap for the for the rebound even though the other team had already won it still get the steal that's amazing and there's another sequence where the raptors were trying to again you know zone up a little bit um you know they, they were trying to deny the pass to Embiid. um OG had sort of really contained the first action, and then um, the Sixers rotated onto the wing, and, and B tried to get a duck in against Yak. And this is one of the few possessions in the second half where he was one-on-one against Yak. And at, in the process of catching it uh, uh, with his back to the basket, and Yak was in position, OG rotated over, kind of like scrammed like Yakub out of there, as in like just like, quickly, let's switch assignments. OG was kind of there, and then that was able to force um, the Sixers to get the ball out of Embiid's hands and then Embiid ended up turning, uh, uh, throwing it uh, back out. And that kind of blew up the play, which was to give it to Embiid in the post, which obviously is just like a money play. It's like one of the best plays in the league, right? Um, the Sixers swing it around. Um, ultimately, uh, the Raptors obviously had to rotate as well just because guys were sort of all over the place. Um, Yak ended up running P.J. Tucker off the line, and then P.J. Tucker drove it in, tried to sh- uh, shoot... Uh, a a layup at the basket and OG rotates once again at the basket blocks him and again the Raptors able to maintain possession after that like those type of effort plays where he's making multiple rotations and he's just doing and he's making the reads like it's just absurd it felt like he was everywhere on defense so again this is not you can't just look at the box score like there are really a lot of factors that go into this and then your third star um I mean, I, I guess I'll give it to Yak. I, I wouldn't say that Yak had the best game. I, and in fact, I think that his uh, his presence on offense uh, really did hurt the Raptors. I didn't think they were able to, especially in the fourth quarter when the Raptors needed more buckets. to ult- Like, ultimately, the Raptors' defense was there, right? Philly only had 18 points in the fourth quarter, and that includes intentional fouling at the end. But the Raptors just weren't able to get the extra buckets at the end there because of the fact that Embiid was just constantly in the lane um, and they weren't able to find the ball to, to Yak. I mean, it's fine if you can, like, Get it to Yak, and obviously Yak is able to put do those little push shots, little floaters. Like there's ways you can burn that strategy, but the Raptors weren't able to effectively do that. Meanwhile, the Sixers got the defensive benefit of just being able to park and beat in the lane and really swarm and you know have their wings obviously pressure. And look, some of those Fred turnovers were unforced, um, and Pascal needs to make more shots in those scenarios. But some of that was also just like I thought the Raptors just had no chance of getting to the basket, and so. Yeah, it, it was tough. Uh, I think that there are downsides, but Yak, I mean, 14 points, 10 rebounds, two assists. You know. Uh, shot the ball efficiently because it was all layups like that's not bad um i wish the bench gave you more but it is what it is christian honestly was the guy who came off the bench and did some things you know fred with him uh, on the pick and roll worked a couple of times but yeah it just wasn't enough so um your, your gerald henderson award winner from from this game honestly i don't even really know like i i guess ah uh, yeah I, you know what i'm gonna go with the Jalen mcdaniels he had two like sensational blocks on back-to-back plays. I think one, he blocked Pascal, and the next one, he blocked Fred. Uh, yeah, oh, man, both McDaniels brothers are doing really nicely uh, in, in the league right now. So uh, that does it for the podcast. Thanks everyone for listening. Again, let me know. I mean, maybe I'm just over, maybe I'm just like overreacting the Nick thing. Maybe I'm just sort of letting the, the outside sort of information sort of, you know, cloud how I'm reading this. But 
I just don't know why he needed to do this right now, and especially before the game. Like, but that's that's what happened. So uh, you let me know. But uh, yeah, thanks for for listening to the podcast. Uh, rate, review, subscribe, and of course, I'll be back on Sunday when the Raptors take on the Charlotte Hornets for uh, two must-win games.